الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم استغفروا ربكم ثم توبوا اليه انه كان غفارا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اني لا استغفر الله واتوب اليه في اليوم اكثر من سمعين مره او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters allah tbaraka wa taala loves his servants allah taala loves us he created us he sustains us he nourishes us and he loves us more than we know about more than we can imagine more than we can fathom and understand and it is this love that allah taala has for this makhluk for this insan that allah taala sent the most beloved of allah taala's creation the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam to guide insan towards that which will bring everlasting peace which will make dunya also a place of happiness and contentment and peace and even akhirat a place of everlasting peace and happiness for this insan a person to the extent that he has importance for something he puts the most important things towards it he invests what is most important to him if something is not really important to him he doesn't even pay any attention to it and if something is very important to it let alone go himself to attend to it he'll spend his last cent for it also if it is his child's life uh, he will take personal interest in the whole thing and whatever needs to be done for the child's health for the child's life and he'll spend the last cent he has he'll borrow from others also because this is extremely close to him this is something that means a lot to him so we are insan allah taala is above any kind of resemblance to his creation that was just merely for our understanding but allah taala also loves us dearly and as a result allah taala sent his most special servants and then finally the greatest of all his creation the greatest of every creation and the greatest of all insan and all malaika allah taala sent rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to guide this insan so that this insan will stay safe from those things that will harm him in dunya and harm him in akhirat out of the same love allah taala sent the anbiya ali musallatu wasallam sent the quran sharif and in the quran sharif allah taala gave detailed guidance Allah Taala made many things permissible for us made many things impermissible for us forbidden for us whatever Allah Taala made forbidden that too was for our benefit Allah Taala has made haram yuharrimu alayhim alkhaba'ith Allah Taala has made haram those things which are filth which are harmful which are detrimental which cause destruction 
And Allah Ta'ala doesn't want us to be destroyed. So Allah Ta'ala has forbidden us from things that will harm us. Now, insan unfortunately is this very naive, foolish and short-sighted person that he cannot see what is the reason for the prohibition and neither can he think that if I cannot understand it for myself, I should accept what has been given to me by my creator and sustainer without question. If my mind is too small to understand all the detailed hikmah and wisdom, but I should take the word of my creator and then the most beloved of Allah Ta'ala's creation, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who is the masoom and sinless Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, who saw the bounties of Jannah with his own eyes, he saw the hardships and difficulties of Jahannam with his own eyes, Allah Ta'ala blessed him with that wahi which opened out everything to him, and then he gave us the detailed details of all the commands of Allah Ta'ala, I should take his word, so on the one hand, we obviously don't have the capacity to understand the wisdoms in detail ourselves, and neither do we want to take the word of Allah Ta'ala to heart, or take the word of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to heart, then we are like that little child, the parent is saying, look, don't play with these matches, and the child says, my parents are oppressive, so exciting this matches looks, this matches looks so nice, and then when you strike it, there's such an exciting fire that comes out of it, there's a spark, and now my parents are de- depriving me of playing with something that I'm going to be entertained with, of playing with something that I'm going to get some kind of enjoyment from. So my parents are very oppressive, and then some grandparent came in the scene, the grandparent was even more hard, the grandparent also is even more gone than my parents, then some muallima, for example, came into the scene. Now the child is a four-year-old child, three-year-old child, or somebody who seems to be a teacher. This person is even worse. So now the child is a child. The child is foolish. He is not ready to accept. He cannot understand. So in any case, he keeps quiet for a while. And he seems to be obeying. But now he is looking out. Now nobody seems to be around. The parents are busy in something. Nobody seems to be watching. So he very, very quietly goes and he sees where that matches was kept and he somehow gets to it and takes it out and now he decides, I must play with this. Who's going to now stop me from it? Nobody is watching now. I can play with this. So now he starts playing with that matches. He pulls it out, opens that box, takes out one matchstick and he tries to light it and it breaks but doesn't light. And after a while he pulls another one out and then he tries to light it again, strike it. Now he is experimenting. So he then finally strikes it right. And there is a spark and there is a flame. And subhanallah, he is amazed. Look at this. I can also strike this match. And what they were making a big hue and cry about. And saying, don't touch this and it's dangerous. But now in a short time, that stick started already burning because it's a short stick and that flame starts coming lower down now as it came lower down he was very excited about what he saw but suddenly he started feeling the heat on his fingers now when he felt the heat on his fingers he's a child 
So an adult will blow that flame off. He doesn't know. So he drops it. And he drops it where it falls onto the carpet. The carpet is flammable. Because some of these things are made of synthetic material. And synthetic things are an, a byproduct of oil. So this is flammable. So next thing that whole carpet caught on fire. And he's sitting there. And he's trying to run. But he's also his clothes catch on fire now. The next thing the house is on fire. And the disaster that comes then can be imagined. He's burnt himself. He's burnt the house down. And who else might have got hurt? Allah forbid somebody's life even went. But now why? Because he thought that this is so exciting. And why am I being told not to play with it? I know how to use these things. And I can enjoy myself with it. But when he went to enjoy himself, what was the destruction that came? And this is a type of situation we see all the time happening around us. People get caught up in drugs. Their parents tell them, don't sit in company that is smoking, that has any habits. My parents just keep talking and talking. They got no other job. The muallim, the muallima are advising, look, this is a very dangerous thing. Don't go anywhere near such company. Don't touch any such thing. These people now are gone beyond their ages now. They've gone too old. They have no idea what life is all about. So what the person does now, he's sitting in company that he's smoking. Somebody is smoking a cigarette. Then from the cigarette, somebody started smoking something else. They started smoking some dacha. Now, when a person is sitting in company that is doing wrong, and he decides to do what is right, then that company makes him look like he is the fool. And there somebody will start taunting him. Somebody will start teasing him. Somebody will say something that you, you're a coward, you man. Somebody will call him something else, some derogatory names. So now he wants to stay in the clique. He wants to stay in the company. He wants to stay, he wants to be a member. So now, <coughs> what he does, he also now just to show that I, I can do all, all this also, he decides to take a puff. The one puff becomes five puffs. And the next thing he is addicted. Now he is addicted. He starts destroying his life. Then he starts stealing from his parents. Then he starts stealing from others. Then he starts getting into trouble with the police. Then he is in prison. And he has destroyed his life. He has destroyed his reputation. He has brought shame to his parents. He has disgraced his family. His destroyed his future. But we started off from, why am I being told not to do this? Allah Ta'ala already told us, that these things that are being made haram, these are things that are already evil. These are things that are very harmful. But the thing about these harmful and evil things are, that they look very, very attractive from the outside. This is shaitan's deception. Because if supposing if the harm was evident, was open, then everybody will get a shock and will run. So shaitan puts a cover of deception on it. Because shaitan's job is to deceive a person and then destroy him. So now one thing after the other will come about by means of which shaitan will 
whisper a hundred and one reasons, in inverted commas, very big inverted commas, hundred and one reasons why something should be fine, like the child. The child is not prepared to accept somebody senior telling him something. So he wants to experiment, he wants to play with that matches, and what he does, he burns himself down. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala has made things that are harmful, haram to us. Why? Not because that we want to save, we want, he wants to stop our fun. That person who is in drugs also, he also thinks the same way. His parents want to stop his fun. Somebody is caught up in drinking alcohol, he also thinks his parents don't want to let him have fun. Somebody is caught up now watching all kinds of filth. He also feels now my parents don't want me to have fun. But all these things have very detrimental effects. Every sin has a detrimental effect. There is a Hadith Sharif in which the Sayyidul Istighfar, this is in Bukhari Sharif, Sayyidul Istighfar has been taught to the Ummad. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has he once said to one Sahabi, Hazrat Shaddad bin Aws that the Sayyidul Istighfar is this particular formula of Istighfar and then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said to him in the end that the person who recites this in the morning with yaqeen, with conviction and if he passed away on that day before the evening comes he will be a Jannati and if he recited it at night and passed away in that night He'll be a Jannati. So, this was a Sayyidul Istighfar. Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa anta khalaqtani wa ana abduk wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'adika mastata'at. A'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'atu. Abu'u laka bi ni'matika alayya wa abu'u bi zambi faghfirli. Fa'innahu la yaghfiru al-dhunuba illa ant. What a beautiful Istighfar. And to recite it one time, how long it took us now? He recited it one time, it didn't even take half a minute. And such a great virtue, Nabi Islam is mentioning for this, that the person who recites this in the morning with yaqeen, and if he passed away before that evening, he passes away, inshallah, he'll go straight to Jannat. In other words, this will become a means of forgiveness. And if he did this at night, then this will become a means of forgiveness if he passed away before the morning. He'll go to Jannat. But the lesson in this is, that the wording, number one, is something we should learn, we should try and learn the meaning as well. But in the Sayyidul Istighfar, after a person acknowledges that, Ya Allah, you alone are my Rabb, and there is none worthy of worship but you, Ya Allah, you created me, Wa ana abduk, I am your slave, and I, Wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'adika mastata'atu, to the extent I can, I am going to try my utmost to fulfill the promise I have made to you, and then, the lesson that we want to draw from the Sayyidul Istighfar is thereafter, the person then says, A'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'atu. Ya Allah, I seek your protection. I seek your protection from the evil of what I have done. In other words, the evil of the sins I have committed. One is the sin itself. But the sin has repercussions. The sin has certain effects. One is the effects of the year after. The effects of the year after, the azab, Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us, all that is there as well. 
But there are repercussions in every sin, even in dunya. The repercussions come even in dunya. One person came some time ago and he was discussing some issues. And he then says that there's a particular problem that I experience every time that I commit this certain wrong. Now he just, it happened once, happened twice, happened thrice. And then he's saying that one day I fell into the sin again. Everything was going fine for me. Everything was going well. And then I fell into the sin. And as I got caught up in the sin, this started flashing through my mind. That look, I did this again. This thing is going to happen again. In other words, that harm. Whatever he discussed, we're not getting into that detail. Just for example, for example, this is not what he was saying. Just for example, a person looked at some haram. Now just for example, this person looked at haram and then he suddenly got sick with a particular illness. We just take an example. This is not what he discussed. So now it happened one time that for example now he looked at haram and he got uh, a particular illness. He had a mild heart attack for example. It happened one time. It happened two times. By the third time, he started seeing this link. You know what, I do this and this happens. Now when it happened the fourth time, he made Toba, etc. And then it happened the fourth time. Now while he was caught up in this wrong, he said, hey, this happened, I'm again doing this. This is going to happen again. And he says, barely the same day, he got caught up in this sin in the morning, and the same day in the evening, the same thing happened again. The same consequences came. And he's saying, Ya Allah, this is something so glaring for me. That you are making it so obvious to me that that sin is going to bring this harm on you in dunya. It's going to bring your life in turmoil in this particular issue right here, right now. So the person is talking about it and he's saying, this has become so glaring to me. And he says, I saw it exactly how it happened. That this is what wrong I did. This was the whip that cracked. I saw the link directly. And then when it happened again, it happened the same thing again. And the particular issue this person was talking about, other people felt the same also. So what we are discussing is, that these sins bring consequences in dunya. And in this Sayyidul Istighfar, the leader of all Istighfar, Nabi Wasallam is teaching us this formula, A'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'atu Ya Allah, I seek your protection from the evil effects of that wrong which I have done. I have committed a wrong, but Ya Allah, please say, I am seeking forgiveness from that wrong also. I am making toba. I won't go back to that wrong in future. I will stay far away from it. Ya Allah, but together with that, save me from the consequences also. From the evil effects as well. Now, everything has its evil effect. It has its... And many a times, that effect is directly on the heart. Many people end up going to different gatherings, different kind of environments. Now, outwardly, those, those environments seem very, very attractive, very glamorous, something that very exciting. Like some fairs, for example. People go to this fair, and nowadays everything is fair, which is unfortunately unfair. It is unfair to our iman. It is unfair to Allah Ta'ala for all that He has done for us. 
In fact, in the Sayyidul Istighfar, after this very statement that we make, Thereafter, this is a little bit digressing from the point, but just it's nevertheless all linked to, in the Sayyidul Istighfar is something, subhanAllah, what a tremendous Istighfar this is. After all, Nabi Islam has called it Sayyidul Istighfar. We should all try to learn it. Inshallah, our Muallimahs will enable us and help us to learn it over days, over and simple is to just merely read it once every day. Look inside and read it once, and after a week, two weeks, we'll already have memorized it. So, uh, in the Sayyidul Istighfar, after having said that, Ya Allah, I seek your protection from the evil of that which I have done, thereafter it is, Abu'u laka bi ni'matika alayya. Ya Allah, I acknowledge all your favors upon me. Ya Allah, you've blessed me with everything. Ya Allah, you've blessed me with everything that I have is from you alone. This breathing, Ya Allah, is your gift. I can see, subhanallah. Ya Allah, this is your blessing. I can hear, I can speak, I can use my hands. Imagine if I was one person, his child was born with some kind of difficulty, so he had to after a lot of other treatments, things didn't work out. Now, finally, some treatment had to be done overseas. So now, after this treatment overseas, which finished off costing almost 2 million rands, now there's years of treatment that will follow, and inshallah, that will help. Now, can we imagine, Allah Ta'ala gave us these things directly. And sometimes, Allah Ta'ala raises some people's stages in this manner, but the lesson for us is that how much we have taken for granted. Others, Allah Ta'ala is raising their stages in the, whichever way it is. But how much we have taken for granted, that's a lesson we have to take. Did we make shukar for that elbow joint? Imagine you didn't have an elbow joint. Try to see how many things you can do without an elbow joint. Supposing something happened to the knee. Now that knee cannot bend. Now try to imagine that situation. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Try to wake up from a chair. You can't even sit on the chair if the knee doesn't bend. You cannot sit on the chair. You'll have to just sort of drop yourself on the chair. Your leg will be sticking straight out. Now you need to come off the chair. How do you come out? Because your leg is out in the air. Can we imagine? Subhanallah, that knee joint, that elbow joint. You can't bring a morsel of food to your mouth. Both the elbows are not working. Allah forbid. Imagine the 101 things that all become difficult in life. You can't do so many essential things without this one joint working. Now, Allah Ta'ala gave us all these innumerable bounties. After that, what we do with it? We then break Allah Ta'ala's commands. So now this is unfair. It's unfair to Rasulullah wasallam that how much he sacrificed so that we could become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. His blood is being shed. His family members are being made shaheed. And his sahaba are being martyred. He is having to tie stones to his belly out of hunger. Because he was offered by the Quraysh that you stop giving this dawat and we'll make you the most wealthy person. We'll give you all the wealth. We'll get you married to whoever you wish to get married. We'll make you our leader. Just stop this deen. Stop this dawat. Nabi Salaam said to them, you can put the moon in one hand, the sun in one hand and the moon in another hand. I will never stop giving this dawat. 
even if my life goes, I'll carry on till the last moment. So if he wanted, he could have had all the luxury and comfort, but he wanted us to gain this dawad, to gain this iman, to gain this Islam, to give us that everlasting success. So for that, what did he endure? Even have to tie stones to his belly out of pangs of hunger. See his near and dear ones being persecuted. His daughter, Hazrat Zainab anha, is being put through so much of difficulties. And she is, we know the incidents well, no time to go into all those details. How many difficulties she had to undergo. Eventually she even passed away as a result of the wounds that were inflicted upon her while making hijrat and coming. There are so many other incidents. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is undergoing all this for who? For us. Now how unfair to him that because of some excitement of some fear where all the intermingling now will be taking place, all the kinds of things that shouldn't happen are happening and now we cannot be with, away from there. We have to be there. Because everybody is there so how can we get left out? And what's wrong with this? That's the common thing that will come onto our tongue. What's wrong? If Allah Ta'ala asks us why did we go to such a gathering? We'll ask Allah Ta'ala also, what's wrong with it? On the day of Qiyamah, this is the answer we'll be able to get away with. We know what's wrong. Now all the other justifications we know don't stand any leg. The bottom line, we know what it is. Hazrat Mawinu Sahib used to very strongly warn against going to such environments. Those recordings are available, the transcripts are available. So we know about this. This is not something new. This is just something that's coming into the discussion that we should take note about. We're talking about sins and the effect of sins. And this is something in fact linked to that, that many people end up going to these, we're talking about going to the wrong environments. These are also the wrong environments. And many people end up going to the wrong environments because of the excitement. Very exciting. They finish off now. It just depends on whether a person has that insight to be able to link things up. And many people didn't realize it, but after that, they started going on a downhill. They started going on a downhill in terms of their emotions, in terms of their contentment, in terms of their happiness in their married lives, in terms of so many things. They went to wrong environments and the next thing, their hearts were in haram. And the hearts went in turmoil. And now, outwardly, they're trying to pacify themselves in going repeatedly to such things and they're just getting worse off. And how many marriages have broken as a result? How many homes have broken? And it started off all in such environments. So, in the Sayyidul Istighfar, وَأَبُوءُ لَكَ bin. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from the evil of the actions that I have done, the wrong that I have done, the sins that I have committed, because these things affect the heart directly. Now we want to progress in deen, we want to have the contentment and happiness. Happiness and contentment is in the heart. It's not in things. It's not in the outer glitter and glamour. It's not in all these things. It may appear to be there, but this is just a deception. It is this the outer covering that gives this kind of appeal 
makes a person feel that you'll be very happy here and this is very exciting but it is that same sweet poison it's sweet on the tongue but as soon as it has been just absorbed a little as soon as it's gone into the tongue as soon as it's rolled down the throat now it starts cutting up it starts doing its damage it starts creating havoc and then it's too late so Allah Ta'ala has made everything that is harmful has made it haram everything that is harmful Allah Ta'ala has forbidden us from it why? because Allah Ta'ala loves us Allah Ta'ala doesn't want us to be harmed but we are like that little child we say but what's wrong with this? what's wrong in this? like that person who's gone fishing so he cast his rod and that hook with the bait around it went deep with the sinker went deep down into the ocean so now that piece of bait very very tempting is now dangling around there and one fish starts circling it so now this is just an example it's a parable that the other fish who are a little bit more experienced some bigger fish they come around and say to it please don't go near this say why mustn't I go near it this food this is something that is nourishing say no you don't know what's behind it behind it is a hook and once you're going to eat this food you're going to get hooked when you get hooked you're going to be reeled in and at the top on the surface there are some people sitting there and they have got a fire also already lit and after they catch you out they're going to let you just be like a fish out of water you're going to be tossing and turning but your life is going to be throbbing out and finally when your life has throbbed out they're going to scale you with those knives sharp knives and they're going to slit you open they're going to cut you up they're going to put you on this fire and roast you and then they've got sharp teeth they're going to bite into you and chew upon you and then swallow you now this fish says we don't know which world these people are living in what long long stories they're talking about fairy tales there's a beautiful piece of food here and talking about some fire and talking about some hook and talking about some teeth and talking about knives and talking about all these fairy tales but then after that fish bites on that bait and gets hooked now that fairy tale what he thought was a fairy tale becomes reality now he's seeing this is for real but now it's too late, it's already in the fire. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala sent the Anbiya Alayhi Musalatu Wasalam to warn us that, look, this is not fairy tales. The Akhirat is real. And even the effects in dunya are real. And Allah Ta'ala wants us to be happy. That happiness is in the heart. That happiness is not in things. That happiness is not on the outside. But yes, dunya is also a place of a test. <coughs> so to give to get we'll have to give we want that happiness we want that love of Allah Ta'ala we'll have to give something when you give you get what we have to give we have to give the sacrifice of our haram desires we have to give the sacrifice of those things that tempt us towards sin it's like putting a knife on that when we will put a knife on that, we will sacrifice these things. Now this will take us at top speed forward. When we give, we will get, but we must give the right thing. Allah Ta'ala wants the sacrifice from us. 
down and out and somebody came and made him feel really nice. So he feels such a wonderful feeling inside himself. There's a great feeling within. Allah Ta'ala says, the person who gives up this haram for my pleasure, not for any other reason, out of my pleasure, for my pleasure, out of my fear, I will give him such iman in his heart that he will actually taste its sweetness. He'll feel that happiness. He'll feel that contentment. This is inside the heart. Then whatever the conditions outside won't affect a person. As insan, he'll feel some pain, but it won't affect his heart. He'll still be content. In his tears also, he'll be content with Allah Ta'ala. He'll be at peace. He'll be happy. He won't be overwhelmed. Now, this is what we are all looking for. And where we are going to find it? We are going to find it in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. We are going to find it in the correct environments. In the environments where, which are the terrible environments, we can't expect to find it there. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says that, أَحَبُّ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللَّهِ مَسَادِدُهَا وَأَبْغَدُ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَسْوَاقُهَا The most detested, the most hated of all places to Allah Ta'ala are the bazaars, the marketplaces, the fairs, are bazaars also. Now they fall into the most detested of places in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. So now, one is a person has to go and buy something out of necessity to some shop. So now he'll go, but these bazaars that get created, these are not for the purpose of buying necessities. These become entertainment venues. These are entertainment venues. And that entertainment creates so many haram angles to it. Now people needed something, you could have bought it anywhere else. But this is a different concept. And we can give all the justifications that we wish. In our hearts, we know deep down that these are not places for a person. If a person wants to protect the wealth of Iman, he wants this contentment in his heart, this environment doesn't give him that. Nobody has gone to a fair and come out with his Iman in a better position. Come out with his Iman intact in that same level. Never. Nobody can claim that. Because these environments are such that it brings about a degeneration of the Imani level. The intermingling that's there. There's sometimes music happening there. There's so many other things that all take a person in the opposite direction. And how many youngsters have come and discussed issues and they say that where this started off, it started off at a fair. Where this haram started off, at a fair. So, we need to be conscious of all this we need to stay far away from all these environments. All the justifications put it aside. Make Allah Ta'ala happy. Let us not be unfair to ourselves. Let us be conscious of this. Let us stay far away from all these venues. This was something that we started off talking on a different topic. Allah Ta'ala brought this as well. This is something which, as Allah Ta'ala wills, we should be conscious of all these issues to take the lesson. Nevertheless, do ourselves the favor. By staying away from all haram, we will see the benefit it will bring to us in dunya. And what is in the akhirat is beyond imagination. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. 
جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہل ربنا غلمنا انفسنا و علم تخفل لنا و ترحمنا لنکوننن من الخاسرین رب اغفر ورحم وعفو وتکرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انکا انت الاعز الاکرم اللهم انا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأبتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا وتب علينا وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين